Welcome to the Financial Collective. If you're looking to get your financial house in order, this is the place you want to be. We cover every topic that touches your financial journey. We're here to empower you with straightforward financial information and education. It is our hope that you can take some of the financial gems we've shared today and apply them to jumpstart, improve, or solidify your financial journey. Welcome to the second episode of the Financial Collective. I got my friends with me, Frank Henderson and Kiva Sturdivant. We are ready to get it in on this episode. How y'all doing, friends? Wonderful. Good, Brentley. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for being on. We actually, everybody's kind of like weighty today because we got some real, real good information we have to give to you today. But, you know, first and foremost, we thank you guys for tuning in to this show, listening to us. You didn't have to, but you did. And we are so very grateful for your attention, and thank you for coming on. So at this podcast at the Financial Collective, we just discuss financial information that we believe is uh, prudent, that we also believe is wisdom for your financial planning and your family household, your business, and everything else that you have going on that desires or, or, or requires uh, financial funding toward it. And so we believe that it's worth you'll listen when you do tune in, and we don't want to play around with it. We want to be very, very sound in our wisdom teeth. So our objective here today and our every episode is to just make sure you have the information you need. We're not trying to sell you, upsell you. We just want to just give you the best wisdom possible. Am I right, my friends? Yes, you are, sir. That's what's right up. So first and foremost, I got Kiva. What's up, Kiva? Hello there. Let the How world are you? know what you I'm doing good. And Kiva <laughs> yeah. has been rocking for a long time. Kiva, talk to us. What you got going on? Yes. Yeah, so I tell you one thing. Sometimes toward the summer months, you know, business slows down and people don't want to talk about money. But I tell you, I don't know about you, uh, gentlemen, but uh, my calendar has been on lock when it comes to just guidance because all, you know, the uncertainty that's going on around just economic cycles and money and, you know, what's going on politically. So I think yes. now more than ever, these conversations are just needed. So my, my calendar has been on lock, but that's a great thing. Love it. <laughs> You're getting blessed over there. That's right. <laughs> DJ Khaled would say, that's right, blessing. <laughs> Frank, what's happening, my man? What's up, man? I'm big and blessed. <laughs> right. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. That's good, man. What you got? Uh, I'm excited about uh, all that is happening in our country. Uh, I think our country is waking up. They're starting to see all of the things that are going on. People are beginning yeah. to take their finances really serious, and when they do that, you know, our telephones ring. We're able to take care of our families and help them take care of their families, and I think that's what we got into the business for. I second that, and I totally agree, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, today we're going to dive right into our second episode, and today's title of the episode is What's Up With My Savings? What's Up With My Savings? And... So many Americans and people just all over the world have a hard time saving and or understanding savings or how to save properly in a way that just does well for the family or their business. And I believe that if we get the great insight on savings, it could save us from a lot of things down the road and help us anticipate very well. Uh, maybe you kind of felt like me, you know, every time you save a little bit, something breaks down or or you got to fix something or someone may need. So sometimes you get an attitude like, well, well why save? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, why, why save? Man, I got my 10 grand and now something got to be fixed. The AC has to be fixed. Unit, unit has to be fixed. And so, you know, it's just something always going on. But no matter what, savings is very important. So with that being said, today's episode is going to be on that. I want to ask my friends, Kiva and Frank, what is a working definition of saving? 
So you want the Webster's definition, <laughs> or you I, want you, my you, definition? You can, you can give you can give me what you can give us Webster. You can give us your uh, definition, just a working definition. Right. So what I believe the definition uh, for saving is preparing for the unexpected financial swings in life. Period. Yes. Love it. Love, Love it. it. Frank, what you got, man? Well, this is my definition of savings. Uh, I don't like Webster's all the time. He's smart. But, uh, <laughs> right. Who is Webster anyway, right? Who is he, man? I've never seen him. I've never seen him. Hey, look, it's, it's 2019. It's 2019. <laughs> so I, this is my definition. Now, in regards to money, Saving is the ability to take a portion of your earned income and set it aside for your future provision. Like it. So I that's like how that. I kind of look at it. That's very sharp. And for me, I would just say funding your tomorrow and whatever comes into that, funding your tomorrow. Beautiful. That would be our working definition. And I love that. So with that being said, I want to have a couple questions for you. And I really want to get into this because I know you guys have a lot to say about this. So <laughs> first and foremost, First and foremost, let's discuss the importance of savings, right? And what are we really executing financially when we save? So I believe the importance of saving is number one. It's number one because life really does throw us unexpected events. It can provide that stability. And I believe actually, Frank, you talked about that in a previous podcast, peace mm -hmm. of mind, you know, that's what savings, in my opinion, is built around, just providing a stability, a comfort. When you lay your head down at night on that pillow, you're good. So whatever life is going to throw you financially, you know that we're going to be okay. Right. And the way I kind of look at it, Brantley, is that I think saving is important because it gives us the ability to see beyond our now. And we, we can look to the future and say, hey, this is how we, again, stabilize our home and our family. And, and just to make sure that we, uh, we have to look at it and say God provides us with a paycheck each week or every other week or monthly. Inside of that paycheck is not just money for now. It's also money for later. So right. saving helps us to respect that and to see beyond what's happening now and to know that there will be life later that we need to be prepared yeah. for as well. So that's why I think Absolutely. it's really, really important. Absolutely. I, you know, I know you brought the spiritual component to it, and Proverbs 6, 6, man, be like the ant. See how they store up for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. and they understand that there's a uh, time and a place that everything doesn't just flow all together. And we're, we're not always high with our finances every day right. for the rest of our lives. There, right. there are some seasons of famine that may come. Or there's just some right. seasons of slowness like Kiva talked about earlier. But we should right. be able to be able to sustain that. And I think I would even add on to the both of you, I would say that it's just a discipline to manage the number one factor that's prevalent in most of our lives. Money drives the train. It drives right. the train. And so, as you said, Frank, you can't, you, we have to not just think about today, but it also is for tomorrow as well. There's provisions that need to be in place financially for us that help us, you know, be able to complete and execute what we have to get done for tomorrow as well. And so we, we, we can't spend it all up today. We got to take some for tomorrow. So I think that is important. I think when we really understand that, we can, we can really get ahead. And I think that's what we're executing financially. We all agree on that. And that's, that's very, oh, yeah. very, very good. Yeah, that's very Absolutely. good. Now, now, there's a formula that most families can get into. There's a formula, and I want to see what you guys think about this formula. But I think the formula, say, it's pretty good. So he, it's just spend, save, and give, right? We're going to spend, we're going to pay our bills, we're going to save some money, and then we're going to give some money. How simple is this formula, and can anyone live by it? I think everybody can live by it, Brentley. Spend, save, give, those mm -hmm. categories are, of course, the basics of your financial life, but also just applying percentages to those categories is so yeah. important. And, you know, there are so, okay. there's so many numbers out there about what's the industry standard, you know, yeah. what percent should I be saving, what percent should I be giving, you know, of course, mm -hmm. we all have to spend mm -hmm. to support our household. But I think also 
what's really important as well is, especially around that save category, I think we tend to we pay our bills and what's left over, you know, do the give back and the save. But let's flip mm-hmm. that a little bit. And I know you gentlemen have, have probably uh, talked about this as well. How about building a life around the amount of money you want to save every month? So if you mm-hmm. bring in $2,500 a month yeah. and you pay your bills and, you know, okay, let's see what's left. Well, no, I want to save $500 a month. So let's build a life where I can just, you know, have expenses that don't exceed 2000 a month. Right. I like that, Kiva. Oh, that's so sharp. That's strong. Yeah. Kiva, Kiva was taking me right. Kiva was taking me to the house right there because uh, <laughs> one of the things I was saying was I would flip it just a little bit. I would save, then spend, yep. and give. Because uh, <clears throat> the way I look at it is I've seen people try to spend first and then save, and it never works. I think that saving is a way that you pay yourself first. Okay. So you save. You know you're 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 making this money, and you got to take a certain percentage of it. You got to put it aside. That is the way you say I'm paying myself first. My accounts are building, whether it's a CD, whether it's a regular savings account, whether it's via my 401k or whatever it is I'm doing. I'm saving first, and then I build a life around that. That keeps me from getting too high. That keeps yeah. me from putting myself in a category where I'm subject to the economy. I want to be able to do it in a way, and I think if we save first, then spend, and then give, we'll be all right. Wow. <laughs> Y'all dropping some bombs right now, okay? That's right. <laughs> Y'all dropping That's some right. bombs right now. Uh, we, we've been around for a little tuned. while, Brentley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it's a we got, out we got say, more you know, seasoning on us. We got some more seasoning right. on us. And, and I love it. And I love it. I love it. I'm telling you. Uh, there's a saying out there, hey, just because you've been around the block, don't mean you know the block. I think y'all know the That's block. Right. <laughs> but you're not it's too far truth behind. In the booth. You're not too too far behind, Brentley. Really, you're not. That's right. <laughs> you on our heels. You, you on our heels. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, for our listeners, we'll be right back with another segment to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Financial Collective. Let's continue with with our show and what we got going on in the episode. We have been talking about savings, and Frank and Keith and myself have just been dropping some wisdom for you guys, and we want to continue to move forward in this. So, hey, listen, is saving a portion of your financial money, is, is it a financial key that most experts encourage many people to do in the U.S., working in the U.S., an absolute way to kind of like avoid financial hardship? So if a person, if a family's like taking their money and they're saving it, or individuals taking their money and saving it. Is it a way to avoid financial hardship down the road? And that's a hard question because you never know what tomorrow may bring. But if you're saving kind of prudently, is it a way to kind of avoid maybe 80, 90% of the hardship that most people bring on themselves by not saving? So I'll go ahead and take that. Yes, it is. It's a big percentage of avoiding, again, just the unexpected financial swings that we all experience. Another, mm-hmm. I think, idea is, yeah. and I follow the, the habits of super wealthy people, and I notice they always ask themselves, can I just live on a percent of what I make? And I don't yeah, mean a yeah. percentage, right? You know, right, right. okay, I make, you know, I make whatever, you know, 50 grand a year. Let's say you're a single income household. Well, can you mm-hmm. live on 45000 can you live on mm-hmm. 47000 Let's just start small because, as you know, right. change when it comes to our money and our habits, it, it's very difficult. So make those shifts and changes manageable and doable and then continually so improve. So are you saying, so Kiva, are you saying that, saying or implying, excuse me, that people just may not even be aware of the money that they're making? Right, so when you yeah. say, "Hey, can we just when you talk about percentages of fifty thousand is fifty thousand or hundred thousand is a hundred thousand, right?" And which right. is great to lead into a case study because you look at, okay, if this person is making this amount of money, then are we even aware enough to say, "Hey, instead of me just thinking, hey, I make this money every year by year, let me try to live on this percentage. Let me peek in. Let me be aware enough, you know, 
some type That's of awareness right. of what I actually bring into the house to have this percentage. And then if I'm aware about what I'm actually living on, then maybe I could avoid some of the money problems down the road that maybe other people are having. Yeah. And I think, too, another question that our listeners can ask themselves is, basically, what have I made collectively over the last five years? What have I made Great collectively question. over the last 10 years? So, let's, again, throw out some numbers. Question. I'm just going to use a simple number. I'm going to stick to $50,000. If you've on average done that in the last mm-hmm. 10 years, you've grossed $500,000. Where's the money? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, mortgage, Great cars, question. groceries, we know all that. But right. when you right. start throwing out those numbers, you know, I think it drills us down even deeper. Yeah, where is my money? Because I just, in the last 10 years, I just did a half million. And don't do 100000 wow. collective income household. <laughs> if you've done that at least for the last 10 years, that's a million dollars. Where's the million dollars? Yeah. That's strong. That is strong. <laughs> that makes me think about uh, Nino <laughs> Brown in New Jack City. He's like, he's like where's the money, G-Money? <laughs> right. Where's the cash? <laughs> we don't think of it like that, you know, because we're in survival mode. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We just try to pay our bills. <laughs> I like that, But we that, really Frank. need to be aware. <laughs> That's right. That is a great question. Frank, what you got on that? Hey, I would say saving a portion of your money is the wisest thing a person could ever do. And I think it is. For long-term, in a long-term view, it helps you tremendously. You have got to make saving a primary foundational peg or spoke in your wheel. And anybody that talks to you about financial planning that doesn't have that piece in there, they're not doing you any services. So I would say absolutely yes. I love that. That's powerful. Let me me, – kind of moved it in this direction. <clears throat> Do you believe that when people save, are we saving with a consuming mindset or a bigger purpose that understands the seasons of drought, generosity, or philanthropy? So here's what I mean by that. Most people who save, right, and we've, I've, I've been guilty of this. I've saved X amount of dollars, and if I needed something, I would just transfer my savings. So I'm just really, I got a consumer mindset with that. I'm getting that too. Yes. Hey, yeah. You know, like just putting up for the future, like this is for the future or what most people can identify with, you know, a rainy day. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, there's some bigger purpose down the line. Don't touch it. Versus mm-hmm. me just saying, hey, here's, you know, two, three grand in the account. And I just keep on, you know, it's like you get paid and you put it in your savings and everything else. You just keep transferring over and over and over. And then you look and you look at it and by the end of the month or, you know, two months, I don't have any savings. Well, did I have mm-hmm. a consumer mindset? And are many people saving that way, which is hindering them for, from getting further and further down the road of a good saving? Yeah, that's powerful. You, yeah, that's powerful. Are you saving with a consuming mindset? I'm going to write that down. Is that copywritten, Brentley? <laughs> is that trademark? I love that. But I think we've been taught to do that. You know, they they call right. us consumers, right? We're called yeah. consumers. That's that's the mental yeah. part of it. You know, yeah. what I think with the savings piece is you can have a couple of savings accounts, right? Yeah. So you yeah. can have that fun, I'm gonna spend it. Um, I'll just say, Brentley, my consuming savings account. Yeah, I'm going to use this for vacation. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to use this for whatever. And then you have that savings account that is just untouchable. It's Mm. untouchable. Right. Absolutely not. Where you got to go to the bank to get to it. You can't transfer. It's not connected to anything. Nothing. Yeah. So I think you can have two separate savings accounts. But I'm so glad you brought that up. Consumer mindset versus, oh, am I going to be generous with it? or be philanthropic with it, or just for emergency yeah. reserves. Yeah. 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 I think it could be two savings accounts. Yeah. What do you think about it, Frank? I think there can be a whole lot of savings accounts. But, yeah. you know, going yeah. back to the question, Americans are not, are not saving with the right mindset. It's just it's yeah. obvious. If you look at it and you look at 
a country with $21 trillion in debt. But most Jesus. of the property, the streets, even some of our buildings that are owned by the federal government are really owned by the Chinese. We just yeah. spend and spend and spend. Right. And one of the right. things we got to learn is that sooner or later, America is going to be owned by somebody else. Bring it home. Absolutely. You know, sooner or later, Absolutely. you got to say, I got to be able to have, like what Kiva just said, an account that I just don't touch it. Right. Yeah, it's because, very hard to get to. Yeah. Very hard to get to because later in my, because it's like we have this mindset of, I'm going to put this money aside. And then, yeah. After we run through what we were using, we'd say mm-hmm. to ourselves, it's cool to reach into the other account and to mm-hmm. go ahead and I'll put it back next week and I'll put it back. All of us know time flies. Mm-hmm. And next week becomes next month, which becomes next year, which ultimately becomes next decade. And you'll look back and you'll say, I did make half a million dollars and I don't yeah. have $2,000 saved. And that's nobody's fault but my own because I had a consumer mindset. And there were a lot of people that nickel and dime me for nine ninety nine a month, nineteen ninety nine a month. <laughs> cable, the cable people hit me for hundred and forty nine a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I'm there looking back at them, they doing good. They got big companies. Their CEOs are getting sure. incredible payout plans and, and bonus plans. Yeah. And I'm over here yeah. struggling. Bail out so I gotta on. change Bail that. I yeah, I'd rather just live a little lower. So I can live a little better later. I agree. Americans, uh, they definitely are not saving with a consuming. They are saving with a consuming mindset. That's what they're doing. And let me and let me drive it deeper. Do you think that I'm under the impression, just as a professional, financial professional, when I'm sitting down with people, I see that vacations, and this is going to be a little controversial here, but <laughs> four vacations in a year, and then you have mm. all of your children's at the you know at the school program, they're in karate and they're in basketball and they're in football and they're in soccer and they're in all these programs to, of course, give the child a good life. But then you think about there's nothing going in the savings for you for the future because of the vacations and because of everything you're doing with the dollars to fund. Not only do you not have a savings now, you won't have nothing in the future. Because of these right. things, which could be, they could be hindrances. So how do we even tailor those back to not say, hey, listen, you're a grown, like Keith talked about last time, you are a, you know, a grown adult. That's your money that you make. And I can't eventually tell you what to do. But to try to guide many people in this area, man, is it wise to scale back the number of vacations you have in it? Kind of scale back the after-school programs that you're putting in your children. Just just <laughs> anticipate well and be into the future already. What do you guys think about that? And I think, too, Brittany, would you advise? Would you advise that? Yeah, so I think with those spending categories, of course, we've got to have some after-school programs. And, yeah. you know, if you've got a vacation yeah. four times a year, I'm certainly not trying to so- uh, sound judgmental, but because um, we want to build memories with our families, of course. But if that yeah. College savings plan, I pick on this category a lot. For your young people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hasn't been started, or at least you're not contributing what you're spending on vacation mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're spending on after-school programs to fund that, that college savings program, there may yeah. have to be some shifts. There may have to be yeah. some shifts. Yeah. And yeah. maybe just go on two vacations a year, and the money you would have spent yeah. on the other two, put that in the 529 plan. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We, you know, because you know, Junior ain't doing his homework, and he ain't about to get a full <laughs> ride. So. <laughs> so, I'm glad you so you know it. it's coming. And I think people should learn how to take some mini vacations. You know, like right here in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. You yeah. can you can ride about two and a half hours out to the beach. You, know, you can ride a full day. You can go out there and then come back the same day. But also Absolutely. on Creedmoor Road and Highway 52 out here in uh, North Carolina, there's a man-made beach out there. Yeah, got incredible yeah. sand. <laughs> Sun really? is there right on the lake. I t- I'm saying I do the things. You you don't have to go away for this incredible expansive vacation. You just yeah, what you're trying to do is you're trying to decompress from the work week. 
or the or the system will work. So you, you don't have to go anywhere immaculate to do that because usually when you go somewhere immaculate to do that, you come back just as tired and don't want to go back to work. Right, right, right. Immaculate dollars, right? Right, right. The goal of the vacation is to get you refreshed, not right. to, not to pull you down more. Good. Now, let me take this. Let me take this deeper for a second before we have a break because I was listening to a show yesterday. A rapper was talking about it was a uh, it was a uh, Gucci man just got. <laughs> sentenced to paying um, $10,000 a month for child support. And so Mm -hmm. I want to kind of take this into the single parent, you know, who's paying child support, right? Okay. He's paying $10,000 a month, and the guy, the interviewer asked the rapper about it. He says, says, listen, man, what child needs ten grand a month? Okay? He said, by the time you add up everything that the child really may need and clothes and food and all that, he said, it just can't be ten grand or, or, or more. And I thought about something for a second as in trying to connect it with this episode. The amount of child support that's been paid out, why aren't our children further along financially than they should be? And why aren't programs that the government should cause, (laughs) whether this is going to the mother or the father, put into the program that a portion of these dollars should go for either this child's funding, education fund, or, or whatever the case may be. So you both know where I'm going now, right? So yeah, you're in dangerous <laughs> oh, yeah. water. Oh yeah. I mean, but this is, but this has to be touched. <laughs> it has to be touched. And when I'm looking at this interview, I said to myself, I said, "Oh my goodness, why didn't you give me this thought?" I, I said, "You know, I I try to get a, let the Lord have His credit." I'm like, "Lord, why you give me this thought?" Because I yeah. see that the way yeah. that the world is going now. And I said, okay, if you if a mother or a father are getting is getting ten grand or more a month, why are we not setting our children up who are the not to not the future, they actually are today. Right. Why can't we use some of those funds to save in a prudent way to make sure education is paid for? Most more children should have colleges paid for just by virtue of the system of child support, et cetera. And, and, and I'm telling you, and I just wanted to connect this with this episode because that is a form where parents can save mm-hmm. additional dollars. Right, can, I, can I go first right here, Ms. King? Yes. I think you should, Frank. Okay, as, as a man that has paid child support. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Anybody that has, has anything to say. I am, before y'all try to come on my neck and say something, <laughs> I, I, I pay child support, okay? And so I, my, my question is a valid question. Go ahead. Right. So, so as a man that has paid child support, I'm so glad I didn't have to pay 10000 a month. But I do, I Amen. felt like I paid a million a month because I was paying yeah. back in the day like almost $900 a month. Mm. And you miss that money. But really what it is is, and I'll just be honest, it's not just for the child in a sense. It's also for to kind of replace dollars that would have been in the home had the man or the husband stayed there. So yeah, it's absolutely. also to to take care of the children and to make sure they got a warm bed at night. It's to also yeah, make absolutely. sure they have clothes. It's to make sure they have good food. It's to make sure that they're in a safe environment. So I try to tell guys to see the really big picture. And, you know, you can't take care of your kids and send child support money without some of that money being, you know, uh, the mother or the father is going to take into consideration the entire household to do what they have to do. So so I want to say to Gucci Mane, this is is what I would say to Gucci Mane. (laughs) It's a man or man? Gucci Mane. Mane or Mane, whatever. Gucci, Gucci Mane. Mane, Gucci Mane. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I'm talking to Gucci Mane and Gucci Mane right now. I think a box of condoms would have been cheaper. Well, well. The super pack, right? Because pregnancy is 100% preventable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, and let me tell you yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. Too. Yeah. So my thoughts, I, I, uh, I agree with Frank on that. And it is for, you know, 
the well-being of the child, and, yes, the mother is going to actually touch that. Here's why I try to cut. You know, I'm getting more single fathers now that I'm, you know, mentoring and, and, and coaching them on how to provide for their children. Because, you know, the guys that are coming that I'm mentoring now, they're, they're married. They didn't marry their, their, their uh, mothers, their, their child's uh, mother. You know, they, they're, they're married now, and, and so they're either paying child support. And, uh, you know, and I always ask them about, especially from a perspective of income replacement, man, if you die, let's be real, who's going to fund the household where your, where your other children are living, Right. So who's who's mm-hmm. who's going to do that, right? Because that's going to be income that's going to be missed because you're gone. And so <clears throat> what we're doing now is helping these young guys say, okay, hey, here's what you can do. And it don't cost you any additional money outside of what you're funding already. I want you to go to your job, and that free life insurance that they give you, put the put the mother of your child on that. As a beneficiary, I like so that hundred thousand dollars yeah. or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Hey, listen, that'll be income replacement for them as you're working that job. And if something happens where you are to die today or tomorrow, whenever your time is up, that money goes to them, and you let them know that. So that way, you haven't taken out a policy that you're paying additional money for, and your and your wife is upset, you know, and all of this mm-hmm. new stuff. Let's keep peace, and this is a way that we keep peace. And here's the other side. Don't worry about what is happening when you send the money over. Right. Let that let let the mother take care of that. Right. Let right. the mother take care of that. Yeah. But then there's also a way where you can say, "Hey, here's where we can kind of can we work together in funding college tuition or what are our thoughts on this? Try to have a real conversation. Thing right. is, man, these these guys are not even having a conversation. They're so upset. They're so upset. She you did know? him wrong, Brent. She did him wrong. Yeah, she did him wrong, but he did her wrong, right? And I'm like, you, dude, you got to get past it now, okay? Right. You got to get right. past it now. Like, let's be grown so we can save properly in the home. You see what I'm saying? So that hundred, that hundred bucks, you know, that you, man, let me take some life insurance out. Well, no, man, use it with your job, and then that money can go to your savings. Etc. So that's and also Brent. Yeah. Also, Brittany, one of the things you can do is you can also. I tell people all the time, you can control money from the grave. Absolutely. So you can set up whether yeah. it be a trust, or you can set up an even yep. will. How you want it to be done, you can say, "Hey, I'm leaving a yep. hundred grand for my kid. What I'm gonna do yeah, is I'm gonna make sure you get ten off the top. Right. Yes. The other ninety, I'm gonna hold in trust until my kids are of age and they're getting ready to go to college. You can control it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't have to just say, like, I'm going to give you a hundred grand. You do what you want to do. I know Jody's coming around the house. You right, know, right. he's going to stick around a little right. longer, but you got a hundred grand. Right. You know, so Absolutely. I control that from the grave as well. So Absolutely. But and, it is and, a great idea to do and you And you didn't pay a dollar to do it. And that's why this is a financial collective, guys, because we're just giving so much wisdom and insight into <laughs> how you can take your life to the next place. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Financial Collective. We, are, you know, we've been rolling on this episode. I'm telling you, it's gonna get better and better. <laughs> we just had a hot session, so uh, in the form of savings. So this is just insane right now. So hey, listen, we've been talking about savings and how to do and what to do. So now me, let me let's get to some how to guys, if you don't mind, before we kind of get out of this episode. We're probably gonna do another part to this because it's just so rich. But anyway. What are the different forms of saving, right? When you think about saving and how a family could save. So here's what I mean about this. Let's 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 take a case study right quick, right? Okay. Okay. Let's take a family that has about $150,000 annually that they bring in, okay? And when we look at them and and we we'll just set it up for Raleigh, North Carolina, the great state of North Carolina, the capital Raleigh, North Carolina, okay? So let's let's just look at they make $150,000, okay? After they pay federal, FICA, uh, local, and state taxes, they're looking at a bill of about $38,000. So they're in that 25% tax bracket, okay? So essentially they bring home $113,000 a year, okay, together. 
That's a good okay. living. That's a good that's a good portion of living. What are some ways that they can say once they find out, hey, we should live on this, maybe sixty or seventy, seventy five thousand dollars a year or whatever, whatever you guys are recommending as as uh, you know, financial professionals and advisors, what do you think is a good amount or a good form of savings that this couple can take on. Yeah. <laughs> we like that number, 113000 You're right. That's a nice Come on now. after tax. Ladies love yeah. them commas, man. They love them they commas, love them six figures. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I would look at it, and I really kind of defer what I said earlier, you know, like can we build a life, that we yeah. only need to live on ninety grand, and we're going to bank right, right. twenty three grand yeah. a year. Because you look at yeah. it like that, in four years, you darn near have a hundred thousand dollars. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a quick mm-hmm. way to gather, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, basically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's how I would look at it. Percentages: Can we live on ninety? Mm-hmm. Bank twenty three a year. Baby, mm-hmm. in four years, we got almost 100 grand in the bank. We know how fast right. four years goes. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, like that. Yes. So I would look at I it just, like that, definitely. I love that. I love that. Frank, what you got on that? I think that you, you should definitely uh, look at the amount of money you have coming in and drop some good percentages on as far as like, hey, we're going to mm-hmm. spend this much on housing and this much mm-hmm. on the uh, variable type things, and mm-hmm. we got to ultimately pay ourselves first, and then we'll think mm-hmm. about all the other things and what we really had to be able to give to the other entities that we're part of, whether it be church or charitable organizations or things yeah. that we're involved in. But if you could, yeah. if you could take, you know, $113,000 and you look at it, you're looking at about what Kiva said, maybe 15 16% of that money that you're putting aside. And you can put that mm-hmm. money aside in a lot of different ways, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the forms of other ways that yeah. we could do that. But she's right on the money because the next thing you know, you're looking at, hey, in four years we say 92 grand. Let's do another yeah. four. That's you know what right. I mean? So right. I think that's powerful, especially when you when you have some of that savings and some things that could compound the interest and get you where you really want to go. Because really, that 92 Absolutely. might turn into 142 if you if you right. do the right thing. If we if we right. do it right. So you start, so all right, so what are you guys thinking on like four one K savings? So, you know, hey, we let's take this sixteen grand. Let's let's take a part of that sixteen, uh, let's go eight percent liquid and then another eight percent into, you know, our four one Ks, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe some permanent life insurance or some mutual funds or some mm-hmm. index universal. You know, how these are other forms that most of you know people don't even know that they can save where compounded interest works for them. You know, mm-hmm. the eighth one of the world. What what are you what are you guys That's thinking right. on that? It's <laughs> <laughs> many different investment vehicles that, you know, right. that money can go into as we all know. Of course we want it liquid, a percentage of it, because, you know, life yeah. happens and we need to get to cash sure. fairly quickly. So you know, Absolutely. that could just be straight cash, you know, just a straight yeah. savings account. But, you know, you've got to break mm-hmm. it up into longer term, too. You know, if I don't need to get to mm-hmm. it for a year or two, maybe you do a CD. You know, right. if it's longer term, it could be, you know, an annuity. You know, it could right. be an yeah. insurance product. You just kind of have to sit down and kind of drill down because every family is different. Yeah. And I'm like I'm like Randy good. Moss, man. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash. <laughs> Cash. <laughs> he said he's a straight cash homie. <laughs> yeah, but definitely a, a portion of that needs to be liquid, like she was saying, where you can get yeah. it. But, you know, there are a lot of ways you can go. But one of the best ways I like to tell people when they're working and they work at a company and that company says, if you put 5% of your income into this 401K, we will mm-hmm. match that 5%. I tell them all the time to get that free money. But I also tell them, talk to me now. Let me see the choices that they're giving you to put that money inside. So based upon this financial needs analysis that we do and me Mm -hmm. finding out the type of investor that you are, I'll put Mm -hmm. you in some stuff that is going to work with your personality and your financial makeup so that your money's always growing because if they're giving you, if you're making 40000 a year 
And so you're putting and you're getting five percent of that is I think eight hundred, I mean eight thousand, mm-hmm. and you're putting that aside and they're giving you another eight, then right. you got sixteen grand that you need to put up and you can put to work for you. You could let your money go to work for you. And so Absolutely. I love that I, I love that kind of thing. I'm like, hey, let's get it in. Let's let's do what we gotta do. So Yeah. I was gonna ask you that's a like good question because I was gonna ask you, you know, do you do you believe most people trust their employer? They're not paying attention to their employer savings plans and for, for you know four hundred one k plans and every four hundred one k plan is not the same due That's to right. administrative fees that the company is paying out and what the you know employee may be having to pay inside of the plan as well you know and you know do you think they trust their employer saving plans for the future especially with what's going on today you know the Dow was down you know based upon remarks of our president you know, 800 points, you know what I mean? And this is happening, you know, not not one day. We're talking consecutive days, and then we can get back to the negotiations of the table from a world leader perspective, and now it jumps back up, you know. So, you know, is that just a prudent way to continue saving when I can always take a hit at any time? Right. So there's several schools of thought on that. And so mm-hmm. when it comes to your 401K, um, I love your question, Brentley. You know, can we just continue to withstand this? If you are anywhere like more than 10 years away from retiring, you can take mm-hmm. those hits because you have time mm-hmm. for recovery, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those hits are just on paper, right? Yeah. It's just what's reflected on the value of your account today, right? It's not mm-hmm. finite. That's what's happening today. Uh, But if you're closer to retiring and you don't have the luxury of, of course, taking those financial hits, those roller coaster rides with the tumultuous market, then, you know, you should be talking to a professional to pair that back, saying, where should I be invested so I'm not taking a roller coaster ride, um, you know, with the market? Because every 401K has that fiduciary responsibility, you know, to pretty much offer a fine balance of different kinds of investments. And so that's when you go to your HR department because that is your right and ask, I need to talk to a professional from the company or the entity that is managing this 401K. Like that space should be ever present in these, you know, workplaces. Unfortunately, it's not. And, you know, individuals come to HR and call out, hey, I need some education. That's so key. Right, 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 right. I I definitely and, agree with that. And let me say this, Brandon, to get it right, yeah. man. I, uh, my math was wrong on that five percent. It's really two thousand. Two thousand. So you're getting two thousand. The company's giving you two. So over the course of time, you you got four grand a year to do some stuff. But what Miss Keeper was just saying about, like, I I tell you, I don't trust our employers. Yeah, I've lived long enough to see, you know, whether it was, you know, defined benefit, defined contribution plans. I've seen them mm-hmm. all just get raided mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. I've seen them people go through hell over that kind yeah. of stuff. So you, if you think about it, uh, Brentley and Kiva, you know, 1974, the ERISA Act, you know, for employees, mm-hmm. it gives them mm-hmm. the, the ability to get transparency from their companies. So I tell people all the time now, if you're taking a portion, if they're taking a portion of your salary and setting it aside somewhere, you have a right to know what's going on. Yeah, and let's just go ahead and let and you threw out the ERISA Act, so let's go ahead and define that. That's the Employment Employee Retirement Income Security Act for those. That's right for the listeners. Yeah, and it, it is it's designed to protect workers' retirement income and provide yeah. a measure of information and transparency. So. People have to know exactly what their rights are. Like Ms. Keeva was saying, you have a right to have someone from the company come and talk to you about the things that are going on. It is your right because you're right. giving them your money. Now, a lot of companies right. like to take your money and then not talk to you. But I'm like, hey, look, what are we doing here? Is this hood financial? We, I need to be able to talk to somebody <laughs> about the things. <laughs> Hood and nail financial. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have, in the words of Larry Reed, we need to have a conversation about our money. <laughs> See what's going on. Oh, I love it. I love it. Hey, that, is, yes. that is so powerful. That, that's really yeah. powerful. 
Um, and I also like to say, you know, it's not much of a question, but it's, and I did have it as a question, but, you know, we should save in a way that's cash flowing for us. It, you want it to cash flow. There needs to be some type of earnings on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you want some earnings on it. And so it needs to be cash flowing. And, and getting with an advisor really helps you have a better chance of that happening versus it not happening. Right. And also knowing if you have an asset or a liability on your hands. <laughs> Right, that's true. That's you know, right. that's it, huge. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, our cars need gas, but if you put the wrong gas in there, it's sure to break down. <laughs> right, you know. So right. we still make sure. You know, we got some. There, there's some insight and some, uh, some, some, uh, some good wisdom into what we're doing. Guys, I love this episode today. It has just been absurd. <laughs> <laughs> Power. We do some fun in there, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some realism, before right? We, yeah. Before we go, I have a recommendation. I think we can start giving our listeners a recommendation, right, a financial recommendation. And it's based off statistic that over 63% of Americans cannot afford to pay for a $400 emergency. Wow. Okay? And this is, this is just mind-blowing because based off the financial statistics of the world uh, in, in the United States, excuse me, 63 Americans cannot afford to pay for a $400 emergency. And so the recommendation is uh, one that's just pretty cool by Dave Ramsey, which is the baby step number one, save $1,000. Yeah. Save $1,000 mm-hmm. in an emergency fund. And that may look different for everybody. If you're fifty thousand a year, a thousand dollars could do you good as an emergency fund. If you're hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand, then maybe you need two to five thousand dollars as an emergency fund. You know, emergency funds uh, will vary based upon your cash flow, uh, annual cash flow every year. And so I, I know I like Oprah. I saw an article with Oprah's her emergency fund as much money as she has. You think about it, it lets you know how how well she lives. It's $7 million, <laughs> right? So it, it wow. just lets you know where she is, you know, or how she's living when it comes to her money out of all the money They're that open to call me, man. So, Tell her to call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she call us, man. <laughs> I got some wisdom. I got some wisdom for yeah. her. Tell her to call me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, that's our recommendation to you today. Just get $1,000, save $1,000 so we can make sure that if that emergency – uh, it would work to come up. You had the liquidity and access to pay for it offhand with no problem. Kiva, Frank, That's any lasting remarks in our episode? Number two, what's up with my savings? Yeah, I'd like to give uh, some of the wisdom that my mother gave me growing up that uh, mm-hmm. I didn't understand it then, but I definitely understand it now, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to sa- savings. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is don't let your eyes be bigger than your stomach. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, some of y'all think that's just about food. It ain't about food. Because <laughs> some of you, yeah, 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 your eyes have been bigger than your stomach, and it's showing. Cars and houses too. It's cars and houses and clothes right. and vacations and all that. You gonna look that's up? Right. I ain't had nothing. Looking right. like Eddie Kane out here. <laughs> <laughs> Nice like this, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, though. I like that. Kiva, what you got? Yes. Well, you know, I love this subject of savings. We probably could do a few more podcasts with it for sure for our listening audience. What I would like to leave everyone with is forego today's luxuries for tomorrow's Mm -hmm. necessities. Love it. Powerful, simple. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What about you, Bentley? Uh, mine would be just fun your tomorrow. Fun your tomorrow. Okay. You know, be intentional about it. It's a discipline. It's a discipline, and we have to work at it every single day. And it just, it's just what Kiva said earlier in the episode, just being aware. Don't just go to work yeah. and get your salary. Hey, know right. what you make and know what you want to put up and then have the discipline to continue it on. And we'll put ourselves in a much better position 
because tomorrow's coming. Even though we shouldn't think about it, it has its own troubles. It is what it is. But if the Lord bless you to live another day, then make sure you got something prepared. <laughs> right. Make sure you yeah. got make sure you got something prepared. And it's okay. It is literally okay not to have if all the other necessities are met. It's okay. It's okay. And my last one is saving doesn't have to be lump sums. Right. It doesn't have to be five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or five thousand or a hundred thousand a year. Whatever you give, even if it's twenty five dollars a month. $50 a month. That adds right. up. It adds up. Yes. So just get into the habit and the discipline of just putting some bread up. Put the cheese up. Okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Little by yes. little. If you ever read that book, The Richest Man in Babylon, you talked about putting money in your pocket and your bag. It, it, just, it just builds up. And next right. thing you know, you have a lot over time. So that is my... Be rich uh, like Kiva. Oh, it's like Eva, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and my goodness. You know, yes, yes. If we, before we close out, let me just add this because you took me to something when you said that, Frank. I did a challenge for myself uh, for 30 days, and every time I broke a bill, whether it was a 5, a 10, or a 20, whenever I got a singles back ones, I would put them in my center console in my mm-hmm. car. At mm-hmm. the end of 30 days, guess how much money I had? How mm-hmm. much? I had almost $200 in ones. Are you serious? I kid you not. And I actually challenged a lot of my, um, you know, people that I work with. Just every single dollar you get back, just throw it in your center console and 30 days, (laughs) count it out. It's so easy. It's so easy. What kind of car you drive? (laughs) What's my license plate number? (laughs) (laughs) See, I just told on myself. I just told on myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, even your change. I mean, great wisdom. Jar change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, great wisdom. Little by little. I'm yeah. gonna do that. Oh, you'll be amazed. I'm gonna you do. You'll be amazed. Yeah, yep. I'm gonna do it too. Well, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. As, as they used to say, it's been real fun. But it's just been an episode, and hopefully, you gained a lot of insight from this episode today. Thank you so much for tuning in, Kiva. Where can they find you? Yes, please just email me at Kiva Money Coach at AOL. Kiva Money Coach at AOL. Love it. Uh, Frank, where can they find you? Find me at my website, frankhendersonfinancial.com, or hit me at my email at info at frankhendersonfinancial.com. Absolutely. And you can find me on my social networks, uh, Brentley Wright, and then also email me at Brentley at diverselegacies.com. And if you have a question for the Financial Collective, all of us together, email us at thefinancialcollective at gmail.com. We'll be waiting for your questions so we can answer them on the next episode and uh, give you a big old shout-out for giving us a question. We really thank you guys for listening to us and giving us, your, giving us your attention. It means the world. And until next time, go and save some money and have the, have the conversation. What's up with our savings? Peace. Peace. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Financial Collective. It has been our highest honor spending time with you. Make sure you subscribe today and share us with those in need of financial information. Got questions? Hit us up at thefinancialcollective at gmail.com. Until next time, have a great day.